0: Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining
1: us. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little about biological or as we call them natural products. Lots of interest in these things, lots of talk about it, but also a lot of sales pitch. (laughs) It seems like everybody's got a product now and oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Here's kind of what we found so far. With these biological, or again, as we call them, natural products, there are a lot of things that really fit. But you got to put them in the right spot, not spend a ridiculous amount of money. And in a lot of cases, what we're finding is pretty good returns on investment, again, if they're used in the right place at the right time. So we're going to talk about those throughout the show today. If you've got any questions for us or anything that you'd like to talk about that's happening on your farm right now, our number here is 844 44 AGPHD. That's 844 442 4743. You can also email us radio at agphd.com or send us a note on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. Well, we'll get to the AGPHD mailbag in just a second here. Um, one last thing as we start the show that I, I just wanted to mention with this biological and natural product category we have been using many different products on our farm over the last 20 years biologicals, naturals so it's everything from plant growth hormones to biostimulants nutrient solubilizers uh, products that actually can break residue down faster humics and fulvics we got a lot of experience with a lot of different things and again I just want to say if you, if you put these things in the right spot we've got many things now that we found that are paying. But when they are, in a lot of cases, we're spending five bucks. If I can get $20 back on a $5 investment, that's quadrupling my money and that's great. But the reason why I bring this up is to get $20 back um, this last year, that was a bushel and a third of beans. That would have been about three bushels of corn. If you're going along with your yield monitor. Do you notice a bushel and a third difference on beans? Do you notice a three bushel difference on corn? I'm going to say the answer is absolutely no possible chance in either case, unless you are really paying close attention. So I'm just bringing this up because we don't have a lot of home run events left in agriculture. And what I mean by that is this. When your grandpa or great grandpa first used fertilizer on the farm, they probably said, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is a home run kind of investment. Okay, when maybe it was your dad or grandpa or whoever, the first time they used a herbicide on the farm, maybe it was great grandpa. I don't know. But my point is the first time they used a herbicide, they said, wow, well, we just don't have a lot of those wow events left in agriculture where it's going to be a 20 bushel or a 50 bushel thing. Hopefully we can find something like that, but I don't see a lot of a lot of these silver bullet things out there right now, or these wow events. So it's a lot of things that are one bushel, three bushel, five bushels, eight bushels. But you add a couple, three of those up, and it really makes an absolute difference in terms of profitability on your farm so if you're going to compare these things and i would encourage you to do that try some new things it's hard to get better if you don't try some new things but anyway when you're comparing them just look really close weigh them out make sure you actually know what you're what you're doing there because you might be missing something that's giving you a really good return on investment but it doesn't take a lot of bushels to get there all right let's hit the ag phd mailbag
0: All right, Brian Sam in Kansas uh, is writing, and he said, Hey, guys, I haven't emailed you guys in a while. In the meantime, I've increased the size of my farm, which is awesome. Uh, I took on spraying my own crops last year. Things went well. Also spread dry fertilizer on my own. That went well. This year, taking on a new challenge, I'm going to use some anhydrous, but I haven't applied that before. So my question to you, besides the safety considerations that absolutely need to take place with anhydrous, what are the top best practices for its use? Uh, timing with planting. Uh, I'm planning on putting a stabilizer with it, but just kind of curious, what are some other things besides the safety that I need to be aware of to get the most out of my anhydrous? Soil's got to be fit and you have to get the ground sealed up. So
1: if there is, if your ground doesn't seal up well, then you got a real problem. So that means if the ground is absolutely bone dry, it's possible that that anhydrous could go up in the air. On the flip side, if your ground is too wet, then you're going to smear that soil down below. You're going to create compaction issues. Now, it's not the normal compaction we're talking about where it's horizontal compaction. It's a vertical compaction. So you'll smear sidewalls just like you could with a, a planter and smearing sidewalls there. We, you don't want to have those kind of things. So a lot of times, like in our geography, and granted, we're way north of you, and and, and I realize it's different, and this will, it'll probably be fine for you. But for us, we are not believers in spring anhydrous in our region of the country because by the time the frost gets out of the ground, and by the time it gets dry down to 8-10 inches deep where we want to put that anhydrous, we probably should have been planting a week or two earlier. So I, I, that, that's probably my biggest concern in terms of timing. We like to have it a little ways in front of planting. If you do it right in front of like the day you're planting, sometimes we get some of that anhydrous coming up and causing issues with some of our plants. So what some guys have done in the past where they go, well, I want to do it right at the same time. Then they go at an angle. Well, you can do that, but you're hitting every plant at an angle, or every plant that you do hit at an angle gets stunted a little bit, and then you got a wavy field. I I don't like that either. I would also say with your stabilizer comment, I'm fine using a stabilizer. It's just that the stabilizer will pay better the further in advance you do the anhydrous. Um, and, And I'm sure it's probably, in your case, still most likely going to pay, but... Uh, a lot of times in our geography, where we're doing anhydrous, it's fall, and then the stabilizer really pays. So uh, beyond that, I, I guess you mentioned safety, and that is by far and away my biggest concern. But yeah, over the years, we have actually had really good yields after anhydrous, and people talk about, oh, you're going to kill a lot of the beneficial biological things in the soil. That's only temporary, and it really doesn't bother me much. The guy, first guy raising 400 bushel corn in the U.S., Francis Childs, used anhydrous. If I can raise 400 bushel corn, I think I'm fine. We'll be right back.
2: Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with Fierce Herbicides from Valant USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right Fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Water Hemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit Valen.com slash Fierce to find the right Fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions.
3: It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeer.com slash gainground.
2: Good morning and hallelujah! Watch it. My spray and spray days are over.
4: What's with Randy? Oh, he's just amped. Woo hoo hoo
2: hoo! We field heaven!
4: Here amped? And... Yeah, he ordered that new Amped herbicide from UPL. They're calling it the new gold standard.
2: This is the greatest day in herbicidal history! So how can
4: I get amped? Just go to battalionamp.com.
5: It's gonna be a good year! Always read and
4: follow label directions.
5: Officer Jones calling for backup. Send four. Location? Kraber Back 40. Looks like we've got
3: Palmer Amaranth, Kochia, some common water hemp.
6: Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll
2: need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending Tough 5EC. Come out with your hands up! Guys, we're surrounded. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgium Crop Protection.
0: back you're listening to ag phd radio broadcasting from the morton studio today talking about biological or natural products lots of different types of products as brian was talking about a little earlier in the show that fall into these categories and it's a real area of growth in agriculture a lot of people looking for solutions and you know what uh these biological or natural products are Well, just a lot more friendly to talk about, and and certainly the reception of non-farmers and consumers is pretty good. So it's important for us to evaluate these products, take a look at them, see how they perform in the field, and and if they're worth using, if they're giving you a good return on investment, uh, it sure makes it easy to adopt them into the program. Got James Patterson out right now with Agritech to talk just a little bit about some of the stuff they're working on. How are you doing, James? Good, thanks. All right. Uh, You guys have been working on quite a few different things, and I don't know if you've got a certain product you want to talk about or if you just want to talk about uh, biologicals and naturals in general and and the work that goes into developing them.
6: Yeah, I mean, we can talk, probably one of the good things to do would be talk about a product we have called NutriCharge, and that's the one we're really seeing a lot of synergies in this biological space in the soil. All right.
0: So tell us about NutriCharge a little bit.
6: So, NutriCharge is a product. We've got a patent on the ability to be able to help phosphorus in the soil. So, when you're applying phosphorus fertilizer to the soil, you know, it's one of the least efficient macronutrients we use because it has challenges around pH and tie up in the soil. Uh, what we do is we have a product that kind of takes the influence of pH away from that environment by taking those negative charge, the positive charges in the soil that would bind to phosphorus, making it unavailable. But what we've actually seen Where we see the biggest benefit of this product is actually in use with biological products. What we're seeing in the space with a lot of these consortiums that come out, biological products, is they're very, very good at, at taking phosphorus in the soil and making it plant available. The challenge they have, though, is soil is such a terrific buffer that those pH changes they make, they tend to buffer out pretty quickly. And that's why we see phosphorus cycling in the soil so frequently throughout a season.
0: Yeah, phosphorus is uh, is an interesting nutrient to work with and I know a lot of people talk about, well, I want to protect my nitrogen that I put out there and they think, well, phosphorus doesn't move a lot in soil, but you're sure right. Uh, there, there's a difference with varying pHs as you go across fields and, and certainly all the tie-up issues with the, the positively charged nutrients out there. Uh, when you use something like NutriCharge, one of the questions that I get from growers, okay, if I can protect a nutrient, that's good, but how long can I protect that nutrient? nutrient? And also, if I've already got nutrient out in my fields, I've already got phosphorus out there. Can I help that phosphorus as well?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good question. So, you know, using a product like NutriCharge, it's kind of unique. With phosphorus applied to the soil, we've shown, you know, over six months, we can have over the double the soluble phosphorus at any one time in the soil. But the phosphorus in the soil, that's the greater challenge we have here because, you know, 80% of that at any one time is largely unavailable. There's a, there's a lot of phosphorus out there that we want to access, especially in ground where you may have been using manure in the past. And the challenge is, is how do we get them out of there? And, you know, we talk about your products in the market, biological consortiums, products like Microcycle, for example. They're really good at helping the plant do its job. Plants, that they're designed to scavenge nutrients. They release acids, which make phosphorus available and then keeps it available to the plant. The problem you have is those small pH changes buffer out quickly. So that's where we really see the benefit of a product like ours. Together with biologicals, what we're seeing is a more consistent response from biologicals, and we're seeing the ability to be able to shift greater amounts of unavailable phosphorus into available form and obviously pull it out with the crop.
0: Yeah, it is quite interesting. You know, a lot of focus on nitrogen with some of the natural products out there, and and even some of the chemical type products that uh, can protect from tie up of of nitrogen or loss of nitrogen. I should say not tie up, but loss. Uh, but but a focus on phosphorus is is a big deal too because we've got phosphorus out in our soil that may already be tied up, and certainly as you're putting more phosphorus out there, you don't want it to be tied up. You want to make sure it gets into the plant. We're talking with James Patterson here with AgriTech about their product NutriCharge uh, that could make a difference with phosphorus out in your fields too. Hey James, thank you so much. I really appreciate having you on.
6: appreciate having me.
0: You bet. Uh, let's head uh, over. We got our friend Chad Whistle on to talk just a little bit about some of the, the things going on in the plant growth regulator and plant hormone type markets uh, and and other things too. Chad, how are you doing today?
7: Great. How are you doing?
0: Pretty good. Okay, uh, talk to us just a little bit about plant hormones, because obviously as as plants are growing, just like as humans are growing, there there are different hormones that are helping those processes along, and uh, this is something we get a lot of questions about. Growers say, huh, can I influence this? Can I really make a big difference out of my crop? You've been doing this for a long time. What what have you learned, Chad?
7: Oh, absolutely. That's, uh, hormones are the, are the signaling Um, component within the plant that basically um, causes the plant to do whatever needs to be done at whatever stage of life the plant is in. So, for example, um, you know, when the plant is a young seedling and in that heavy vegetative growth, uh, its main focus is to push root system, build a, a strong foundation so that later on it can support more reproduction. And um, so when it's in that vegetative growth, we like to apply an oxen dominant type product because oxen is the hormone that causes that plant to push more root development and increase its ability to uptake nutrient water from the soil.
0: Yeah, we've been using the product Megagrow for quite a few years now on our farm, and, and the, the difference in root growth is pretty noticeable. Also, just uh, able to grow through things like herbicides and the, and those types of things that can put stress on plants, that one's been really nice. Last year, Chad, uh, speaking about hormones, I, I know in the, the seed corn production industry, really nationwide, some of the stresses that we had led to poor pollen viability, led to uh, the ends of the ears not filling out or even the kernels that were there. In many cases, they had some germ challenges. Um, I know you've been working on this too, just in in regular crops as well as seed production crops uh, of helping that plant out around the reproductive time. Uh, What are some of the things that you found there that have been helpful?
7: Yep. So as we enter into the reproductive development of the plant, we want to switch from an oxen-dominant product, like Megagro, to a um, cytokinin-dominant product. Uh, we have a product in our lineup called Inertia. And um, Inertia is a, um, a cytokinin-based product that basically sends a signal to that plant to supercharge the reproductive development. So, th- the things that you will see after an application, you'll see more pollen production. You'll see a more viable silk on a corn plant. You'll see a, um, a more productive leaf to be able to uh, capture photosynthesis, chlorophyll production, which ultimately results in sugar production um, that travels from the leaf into the grain for better grain fill, better grain quality, and you know potentially enhancing that next generation seed.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a big deal, and, and there's quite a difference. Uh, you mentioned cytokinins. I know uh, we used to work with a product called Happy Grow that, uh, oh, my goodness, if you're raising flowers and, and you just wanted to see all kinds of blooms, uh, for sure that can make a difference. And, you know, speaking of that, I know you do work with a lot of growers raising vegetables, specialty crops, flowers, but what's kind of exciting for me is now we're, we're starting to talk about these products in corn and soybeans and, and wheat that we're growing on our farm too
7: yep absolutely um so to your point there um you can take a heavy cytokinin type product and put as many flowers on a plant as you want to put but when you're- and and that's all you need is the cytokinin, but when you're ultimately going to yield, you need other things in that jug to help support that extra reproduction that you're pushing and uh that's where the formulation of inertia um comes in so strong it it enhances that leaf's ability to produce sugar and energy to fill that grain
0: yeah it's a big deal and and that's why we're talking about uh, plant growth hormones as part of our discussion here with biological and natural type products and anytime we get into that topic we like to bring our friend chad whistle on chad thank you so much really appreciate having you on
7: hey thank you for your time
0: We'll talk more about some of the things going on in the biological or natural product world. And we'll also take your calls and questions at 844 44
5: ag When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. With three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab, it's formulated to lower Dawn protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Presaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit presaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
6: This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia. Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valentcom Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow Legal instructions.
2: You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall. When weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research proven results you need. AgroLiquid, apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. The value of your farm building is in its
4: ability to protect what's stored inside. From the smallest fastener to the trusses overhead, Morton leaves absolutely no detail to chance. It's how we ensure that your building stands the test of time. From concept to completion, we take pride in providing a high quality building to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit MortonBuildings.com.
0: listening to ag phd radio we're talking about what we like to call natural products and we're taking your calls and questions at 844 44 ag phd one of the things that that i know we've talked about quite often is some of the biggest companies in agriculture are heavily involved in this field of naturals. Uh, one of those companies is FMC, and we got Matthew Pye with us right now to talk just a little bit about some of the things going on. Uh, Matthew, we were just talking about one of your products this morning when we were making our plan for our farm this year, just looking at, well, hey, what are we going to put on our soybeans? One of the things we were talking about is, is man, there are a lot of exciting products. I know we got a chance to look at Ziranar last year uh, in corn. What, what are some of the other things you're working on at FMC?
8: Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me. So we're working on uh, a Xeranar, which is a inferro, um, biofungicide, bio uh, We also have a seed treatment um, version um, of our product called Votagen, uh, which is based on uh, the same uh, strains in Xeranar, uh, so that's targeted towards soybeans. And then we've got uh, some premixes with biologicals and synthetics uh, in our pipeline.
0: All right. Talk to us about that biofungicide, but also bio nematicide. And I know uh, our research lead was talking about this and he said they're seeing some impacts on root-knot nematode. And I know a lot of our, our friends down in the South have been fighting root-knot for a long time. Having another tool to fight that problem is, is pretty cool.
8: Yeah. So the, the product has uh, suppression on um, three key nematode species. So root-knot is kind of at the core um, then we also have activity on soybean cyst and lesion nematode uh, from our, our trial work.
0: That's awesome. Okay. And, but it's also a biofungicide. And uh, talk to us about that a little bit. I, I know there have been uh, some of the different naturals that, that we've been using. And, and you think about a fungus. And if we've got something that can fight a fungus naturally, uh, we know those battles are happening out in our soil all the time. Identifying those species is, is pretty cool and potentially really helpful.
8: Yeah, so the the two key um, soil pathogens that we're going after are Rhizoctonia and Fusarium species. Uh, Rhizoctonia solani uh, being the rhizoc. Um And what we're what we're doing is giving added protection on top of a, a base seed treatment. So if you think of your your seed treatment as carrying you uh, through some of the the early stages, there uh, the biological carries you the rest of the way through the season and gives you added protection. It begins colonizing the root as soon as the uh, seed germinates. Ah, uh, so you still still need a uh, a base seed treatment when the the seed's sitting there before it uh, germinates, but after that, uh, we begin colonizing the root and providing protection.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. And, and you know, for uh, folks hearing this saying, man, this is FMC and now they want xirinar in the furrow or uh, a votigen on the seed. I'm already using things like Xyway or Capture LFR. How do these technologies work hand in hand with some of the other solutions that you're delivering for farmers?
8: Yeah, so the nice thing about our biologicals is that they're a complement uh, to, to our synthetics. And we're we know in, in row crops we're not we're not gonna replace the synthetic, so we're looking for a biological that can be used in a synthetic space. And the nice thing about uh both the votogen and Xirinar the is they're uh compatible with uh fungicides and insecticides. Um they have a great degree of uh tolerance to the the all the n- different kinds of conditions that they'll come up against uh in the normal planting practice. Uh, and that's because of the uh the endospore that they're based on, that dormant spore it gives them a uh, real hardiness um you don't have to worry about them, uh, and then once they're in the ground, uh, they begin to germinate or emerge uh, with the seed when it germinates.
0: Something that grows along with our plant is is really cool, and it's it's way different than what we've got going on with many of the crop protection products that are out there. That you put it out, and it's just uh, wearing off every day. Where when you're putting out uh, some of the natural products, they they can continue to grow in numbers and and grow as as our root system spreads through the soil, too. So it's it's pretty cool work. Uh, we're talking with Matthew Pye here with FMC. Matthew, thank you so much. We really appreciate hearing a little bit about those products and, and about what you guys are working on.
8: Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot.
0: You bet. Uh, said north of the border here, got Tom trigano on with us right now with his azotic. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. You bet. All right, we're talking about uh, biologicals or natural type products uh, today, and and it's really an exciting market that's that's growing in value and and certainly lots more products for farmers to choose from. Uh, what do you see with this market? Is it is it uh, just on an exponential curve up? Or are we kind of peaking, or or where are we at?
4: You know, there's. It, I think it's growing. I think a lot of folks would say the same thing. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done to kind of build, I would say, trust in this marketplace. Um, there's so much confusion. There's so much products coming out, you know, and I think my take on it is a lot of growers are just trying to evaluate how these products can fit into their into their operations. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge we have as, as a market.
0: Yeah, Brian was talking about this uh, as we started the show off, just saying it's so hard for farmers to see small changes yet those small changes could be delivering a tremendous return on investment so we kind of have to reframe how we're looking at things in the field and when you see a a three bushel difference well that could be a 10 to 1 return on investment for what some of these natural products cost
4: yeah yeah no, for sure right and you know i think a big part of it and whether you're looking at you know the product where i i look after or other ones it's it's really, you've got to talk to your local agronomist. You've got to look at the local data that's been done. You know, I think you got to look at these over a few years in a few different types of fields. You know, there's so much we don't know. Even as the manufacturer, we're learning a lot, and I think everyone would say the same thing. We're trying to learn the best ways to use it. There's a, there's a lot of questions that, you know, uh, where it's not as simple as, like, my background's more ag chem, right? And I think we're all used to the... You know, it's a it's a bit more cutting, you know, a, bit, a little bit more sure, clear on, sure. you know, a line in the field where the herbicide worked and where it didn't. With these, you're looking for subtle differences. You know, we it's been fairly consistent. We've been playing around with this product for for a number of years now, uh, commercial since 2019. I, certainly on corn, it's been pretty consistent. But you know, as we start stretching in the other areas outside of the Midwest, still lots to learn. So we're you know we're trying to figure that out it, again with local agronomists and growers and and trying to figure out the best way to to go forward with them.
0: And it is a challenge because every field has variable soils and variable growing conditions and from farm to farm the management practices are so much different. Uh, What do you think think some of those big things are for for us as farmers that, that we could do to try to be a little more consistent with how products are going to work for us?
4: Yeah, so if you're looking at biologicals, and, you know, the the same is true for us, and and I'd say, um, and a lot of them, you know, one thing to consider is they are live bacteria. Um, So when you look at, you know, we're really quite flexible in what you can tank mix with, but I think, you know, whether it's our product or the next one, I, I would say try and give it a fair shot on... You know, and I, I hate using this line because everyone, every chemical, com- every product has it, but try and put it into a year where it, it's a normal, what's a normal year, right? Like in a drought year or very extreme weather conditions, you know, I, I think you're never going to get a consistent year after year. So try and give it a shot uh, a few years in a row if you can, or at the very least, talk to folks in your neighborhood that have tried it so you get a better idea of what it's going to work over a few years before you really jump in on it. Uh, I think you want to look at it through a few different types of soil types for sure um, and you know when you look at you know a lot of the products that are out there I say the nitrogen fixers so you'd want to look at it at different fertility levels as well um, now how much fertility can you cut back with these products that's a tough one right like, again every field's different it's impo- I-, I think personally it's impossible to have like a set number it's going to do this um, you know, you're going to have so much variability in some fields. You could probably get away with a pretty substantial drop in nitrogen. In other fields, quite frankly, you probably shouldn't. And I wouldn't recommend cutting down. You just go for the higher yield and 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 run the math for what's the best ROI. So, I know it's a bit of a long answer there, but sure. I think the the biggest thing is to look at it uh, different soil types under a few different years um, and, and try and look at. You know, local, again, talking to your local growers and agronomists on, on what's happening in your area to get a better understanding
0: of how they're working in, in your neck of the woods. I think that's great advice. We're talking to Tom Trigano with uh, Azotic. Uh, Tom, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. It's great insight into yeah, what's going it's on.
4: Absolute pleasure. Anytime, anytime. You bet. Really appreciate it.
0: Talk more about these natural products when we come back from this short break as there, we've hit a few different areas here. Certainly, it's, it's just a big market and a lot of different goals that people have in this field. We'll also take your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Get your planter ready for spring with germinator closing wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now, when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last, so order yours today at farmshopmfg.com.
0: You won't want to miss this year's Ag PhD Field Day with guided tours of our extensive research plots, world premieres of the latest ag technologies, the highest yielding farmers on the planet, and more equipment running than ever before. The Ag PhD Field Day just keeps getting bigger and better. We'll also have great family entertainment including a kids area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and food and drink available all throughout the day. But the best part is everything's free. Go to agphd.com to learn more for the Ag PhD Field Day Thursday, July 27th.
3: are coming! The weeds are coming! Hey! I'll This
1: whole midnight ride thing is getting real. the HPPD resistant weeds
2: are coming! We've got Verdict Herbicide! Verdict Herbicide? Yeah! It's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Well, oh, well then. Get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions!
1: Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio today. If you've got a question for us, you can give us a call eight four four forty four 844-44-AG-PHD or send us an email radio at agphd.com. So today on the show, we've been talking about biologicals or as we call them, natural products. And I, I just want to step back for a minute and say there are a lot of different categories here. So we talk about everything from organic acids like humix and phobics to plant growth hormones. That could be auxins, cytokinins, gibberellic acid, GABA. I mean, there are a lot of different ones. you got living organisms, things like nutrient solubilizers, some biofungicides, some biostimulants. Uh, then there are amino acids. We've been doing some work with amino acids on our farm. I actually had pretty good luck, especially at greenup in wheat and a lot of other crops. Uh, there are nitrogen replacement products. That's the one that has probably gotten the most talk here in the last couple of years. And there are some companies spending a lot of money on advertising and telling you, oh, you need to switch over to these things. I, I just wanted to talk about that category a little bit since we haven't really discussed that today. This nitrogen replacement product market. If you want to use one of those products, here are a couple of things that we've learned. Number one, you have to make sure the water's good. For example, if you have chlorinated water, it will kill those microbes. In fact, it'll kill pretty much all the microbes we've talked about today. Anything that's a microbe, it's going to kill it almost immediately. So you need to treat that water. It only costs pennies. The product we use is called Bioprep, but there are others out there. All I'm saying is you've got to do something to that chlorine, turn it into chloride so it doesn't kill your microbes. And literally, I mean, like on our farm, I think we spend five cents an acre, so it's nothing. Also, you want to look at the water pH and what other stuff is in the water. So we've got another product that we throw into our tanks, probably, I don't know, 25 cents an acre, maybe 40 cents, that'll lower the pH down and neutralize a lot of the hard water ions, things like calcium, iron, magnesium. So water treatment, that's a really big deal. The other big thing with these nitrogen replacement products is I don't believe you're going to get good results unless you make nitrogen the yield limiting factor. And that's what our data has shown us so far. So we've done a lot of testing on these things. And here's my point. If let's say you're getting 200 bushel corn, you're putting on 200 pounds of nitrogen, you go, you know what? I'm just going to put these nitrogen replacement products on. I'm going to leave my applied nitrogen the same. I'm going to put these things on, and I'm going to hope to gain yield. Okay, I just want you to think about the logic behind that statement right there. If more nitrogen was going to increase your yield, don't you think that in the past you would have figured that out and put on more commercial fertilizer? Of course you would have. Something else is your yield-limiting factor. On most farms we work with, nitrogen is not the yield-limiting factor. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying applying nitrogen isn't important. It's super important. I'm just saying a lot of people already put enough nitrogen on, so that's great. But if you put, in effect, more nitrogen on, I mean, just because it's microbes, it isn't any different than commercial fertilizer. If you don't need the nitrogen, then more nitrogen is not going to help you. So you have to make sure that nitrogen is the yield limiting factor. And so where I'm going with this is you want to test your soil. And you want to actually not just look at how much nitrate is already in the soil, but you want to take a look at your soil organic matter too. Because soil organic matter releases a lot of nitrogen throughout the course of the growing season. And if you don't calculate that in and you say, oh, I'm only going to put on 170 pounds of nitrogen from my 200 bushel corn. You know what? That might be enough too. If there's already some in your soil and you're definitely getting some out of your soil's organic matter, that might be more than enough. So you've got to figure these things out and make sure your nitrogen is low enough so you actually need the nitrogen you're applying with the microbes. Okay, so that's a really big thing. Otherwise, you're wasting your money. And again, we've been studying this stuff for quite a while. Those are the two things I can tell you for sure with nitrogen replacement products. One You got to make sure you know what's going on with the water and two you have to make nitrogen the yield limiting factor otherwise more nitrogen is not going to help you the last thing that i will say about that with the nitrogen replacement products is because a lot of people are like ah whatever i'll just put on more commercial fertilizer that's fine today but i just want you to think long term are we going to have more regulations limiting us on commercial fertilizer There are some of these things that are going on around the world. Even Canada recently was talking about limiting farmers and how much commercial nitrogen they could apply. Well, that doesn't apply to these microbes. So if at some point you get limited on how much commercial you can put on, guess what? That's where these biologicals are really going to come in handy. So quite frankly, today, I think they're all a little high priced, but I don't know what their true cost is. So, for example, instead of something costing 20 or $25, well, you know what? If it costs $5, um, boy, our research has shown every one of these nitrogen replacement products works. I just think they're, like I say, a little overpriced right now. But if they cut the price, I, you know, I, I might be interested in those on lots of acres. So, anyway, a lot of different categories here with biologicals. I just encourage you try some things. The the reason this market is going to grow and grow a lot in the future, in my opinion, is because if, if you look at the big companies that invest huge dollars into ag, look at Bayer, BASF, FMC, Valen, Syngenta, what have they been known for up to this point? They've been known for synthetic pesticides. Well most governments don't want to approve those things anymore. The EPA and every other regulatory agency around the world put so many restrictions on things. They require so much testing. It takes so long and costs so many dollars to get a synthetic pesticide labeled anymore. That a lot of the companies are like, you know what, let's take a percent of our research and development and we're going to go toward this biological or natural product route. And, They're having pretty good success there. Now, I'm not saying we have the products today to replace everything if we were to ban all ag chemicals. Okay, so don't get me wrong. We don't have the herbicides. We don't have the fungicides. We don't have the insecticides biologically. But there are some promising things, and I think eventually we'll find more of those things that already exist somewhere in nature because that's, for the most part, what's happening here. They're finding things that already exist somewhere in nature, figuring out where do we use these things in our crops so it makes us money. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited about it, but by the same token, um, always walk before you run. I wouldn't be doing some brand new biological thing in 100% of my acres year one. Because not only do you not know if it's going to work, you also don't know how that's going to interact with other things you are doing on the farm. We were having this discussion for our own farm today, and it's like, wait a second here. We've got several things we're throwing in the tank already. Fertilizer, herbicide, fungicide, insecticide. Now you're going to throw a biological in there? Uh, maybe it'll be fine, but let's test it on a few acres before we put it on all 2,000 acres of our corn this year. So be a little bit careful with the new things you're trying, but yeah, there's a lot of promise, a lot of hope there. We are excited about that overall market. Okay, let's get back to the Ag PhD mailbag.
0: All right, Brian had a question come in from Hawaii here. This comes in from Guy, and he said, uh, I, I heard you guys talking about nutrient stratification. Uh, conventional wisdom is that phosphorus doesn't move in the soil, but it must move in the plant. In a no-till situation, wouldn't the roots be taking phosphorus down for the next crop? Uh, Another thought that I've got. Well, well, uh, wait, wait,
1: why would, why would it take phosphorus down for the next crop?
0: If phosphorus moved in the plant and moved down into the root system, does all that phosphorus end up moving up into any any crop? Well, if it's an
1: annual crop. Okay. Here's the whole thing. Plants have one goal, that is to reproduce. So they are going to take as much energy as they can. They're going to shove it into the seed or whatever else is their reproduction method. So, I mean, maybe some phosphorus is going down there, especially, I mean, certainly with a perennial crop, but an annual crop, I don't think so.
0: All right. He said another another thought is about soil and a negative charge. Our, our farm's on the windward side of Hawaii here, and on soil form from volcanic ash, which is really low CEC, and we've got tons of rainfall. Uh, already by the end of February had 40 inches so far in 2023. Uh, normally we get 160 inches for the year. He said, I've read that the unique quality of our soil is that it has a slightly positive charge. Does that mean that every assumption about nutrient mobility would be upside down here?
1: This is going to be a great topic. We're going to talk about this right after our break. And if you didn't catch that, most soil is negatively charged. What he's saying is he's dealing with soil in Hawaii, correct, it was Hawaii, Yep. in Hawaii that's got a positive charge. How does that change things and and nutrient movement in the soil? We'll get to that right after this.
2: Get what you spray for, results. Get the lasting control more corn growers trust with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Apply pre-plant, pre-emergence, or early post-emergence to control tough broadleaf weeds and grasses before they cost you. For superior control with a low use rate and long residual, make the easy, high-performing choice. Visit anthemmax.ag.fmc.com to get results. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: At Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support the ag industry. That's why at our free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event, we're giving away more than 100 college scholarships. Plus, we'll head out into the field for hands-on agronomy sessions, including our comprehensive guide to crop scouting. This day may be geared towards younger farmers, but whether you're a college student or just want good agronomy info, this is one event you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com.
3: Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash US crop. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Brian
1: Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio right before the break. We got an interesting question from Hawaii and something that quite frankly we aren't familiar with at all here in the Midwestern United States and that is positively charged soil. So we do soils clinics on a very regular basis and have for probably 20 years. One of the most basic things that you need to understand about your soil is it has a negative charge. When you think about nitrate, the reason why it leaches is because nitrate also has a negative charge, a negative and a negative repel. On the other hand, ammonium nitrogen has a positive charge, so ammonium can bind up with your soil. It's not going to leach away. Eventually, if it turns to nitrate, then it will leach away. So that's why we want to try to keep nitrogen in the ammonium form longer. That's why we use nitrogen stabilizers. That's a really big thing for overall management of nitrogen in the ground. Well, how do you handle that if the soil is positively charged? So let's talk about this just a little bit more. Volcanic ash soil actually does, and he is correct, bear a positive charge, but only in acidic conditions. If you have so in other words, less than 7 pH. When you're over 7 pH, then it actually does have a negative charge, just like we normally talk about. Okay, so we're only talking about volcanic ash soil below 7 pH. Yes, that's positively charged. However, any organic matter in any soil, even in that volcanic ash soil, that still does bear a negative charge, just like it does in all soils. So I I just want to make sure we're clear on that. The organic matter still does have a negative charge that's in there. The soil, lower than 7 pH, volcanic ash soil, does have a positive charge. So his statement was, or his question was, does this mean that like everything is upside down? Yes. Yes, it does. So all of a sudden, nitrate could actually be held in that positively charged soil. Unfortunately... He said it's uh, it's fairly light soil, low CEC, correct, Darren? Isn't that what he said? Yes. Yes. So a low CEC soil can only hold so much. I mean, there are only so many uh, binding spots there. So uh, you're still going to be very limited in terms of what it's going to hold. But, yeah, it, it is a little bit unique.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting and, and it's fun as you travel around the world, as you look at agriculture in different areas, there there are some unique challenges out there. And it's, it's good just to get the mind thinking about some of these things of why. Well, why is it like this and what can I do with that?
1: Yep. So in summary, nothing's really going to change a whole lot versus a negatively charged soil because you have such low CEC. A low CEC soil whether it was positive or negative, could never hold a whole lot because there just simply are not a lot of binding sites there.
0: Right. I had a question come in from RF uh, who who said, if your corn crop has too much water, is there anything that you can do to try to help that crop out? You bet. Put tile in. Well, okay. You've gotten too much rain. You have a crop out there what can you do now? What are some of the things? Would you side dress some nutrient? Would you spray foliar over the top? What, are there some of these naturals that could help a crop that's just been waterlogged for the season? I mean, yes, long term, if you've got soils prone to having too much water, drainage tile can definitely help. But in the short term you get a crop out there.
1: Yeah, I, there there's no fix. I I mean, you're drowning the crop. You're literally killing the roots. So you think about it, there's no air in that soil and they need it, the the plant needs air and your microbes need air too. So not only are you killing your plants, you're killing your soil when you have poor drainage. So these are the reasons why drain tile is so unbelievably important. Now, it's not only that. When you have... In order to get good drainage, yes, you need tile in the ground in a lot of cases. But you also want to have good calcium levels, at least 65%, preferably 75%. And on top of that, you'd like to have better organic matter levels. So 5% is going to be a lot better than 1%. When you have more organic matter and more calcium, your soil is going to be more porous. So now more of that water can flow through, and also the soil is basically held apart, and it it allows for air to be in there. In addition to allowing the water to get through. So, I mean, if your soil is all waterlogged and you're asking the question, okay, well, what can I do to help my crop at that point? I mean, you can try things like, I mean, our discussion today on naturals, we talked about mega grow just a little bit. That's plant growth hormones, stimulates root growth. Can you try stuff like that? Sure, you can try it. But anything you do, I mean, you're... There's no substitute for fixing the drainage problem out there. And here's the other thing. When you look at long-term, so let's take just your yield or your crop insurance or whatever. I mean, it's such a big deal when you get that tile out there. We don't have replant situations anymore like on our farm. We don't have delayed planting I mean, for the most part, sure, if it's going to rain every day, that's a different story. But what I'm talking about is we keep the water table down with drain tile. And because we've kept the water table down, now we have much healthier soil. We have a lot less compaction out there. We have warmer soil because think about it, air warms up way faster than water. And I mean, it's this is why we talk so passionately about drain tile here because it has literally transformed our farm. It has been amazing And the other big thing is it's super beneficial for the environment. And when a lot of people hear that, they're like, oh, no, tile's bad. No, absolutely not. You're dead wrong. Tile is one of the very, very, very best things you could ever do for the environment. Because when you do that, now you have less flooding. You have better downstream water quality, not worse. You have uh, less erosion. You, You use more water. So there is less water going downstream and causing the downstream flooding and all these other issues that people talk about. I mean, there are just so many great things. On top of that, you really help roads. And if you don't believe that, go look at when they put in almost any new interstate highway, at least in the upper Midwest here. They're putting drain tile lines right alongside right on each side of the road. I was talking to a farmer yesterday who said, oh yeah, in our county, they, the county does that as well. This is tremendously important. So there are all these great things environmentally f- with tile in addition to benefits for yield and benefits for the soil for the farmer.
0: All right, thanks for the question. I got this one that came in from David out in Pennsylvania, and he said, guys, uh, I'm wondering, have you worked with cytokinins before? My local agronomist wanted me to try yep. a cytokinin product in my cool season grass hayfields this spring, but I was already planning on putting on Rise Up Grass, which is gibberellic acid. I've used Rise Up before, and it definitely makes a difference. Can you use two hormones like this, and would cytokinin be a good choice at this time? Well, the tough thing is the gibberellic acid is uh, really early season. Your plant produces its own gib, but it doesn't move through the plant very well. And that's why products like Rise Up are seeing a nice gain, especially in hay fields like that early in the season, just elongating those cells. That's a big difference. The cytokinins are more uh, triggers to help the plant induce reproduction. So that's something that would normally be used later in the season if you're trying to go to seed. Now, if you're in a hay crop, I don't know if you're really worried about cytokinin at all. That no. kind of surprised me that that they would recommend that we, in a hay crop. But,
1: but but like we always say here, try it. Maybe it works for your crop and your area and your situation. You can try that. We know the gibberellic acid is going to help you because that relates to stem elongation and you end up with more tonnage, period. So when that is time to write, gibberellic acid is one of the best things you can ever do in grass production or in silage production. With the cytokinins, that really varies. So we use cytokinins on our farm, but that's more about herbicide recovery, um, and also we use them together with auxins with and help root development.
0: Okay, uh, a question came in from Carrie who is an FFA advisor. Carrie said, "Hey, your scouting and scholarships program. Can you talk a little bit about this? Is this something you have to apply for? Does it cover students that would be in high school or does it cover students also who are already in college,
1: post-secondary?" So, after high school, whether you're going to uh, like a Votech or college or whatever, so a 2-year, 4-year degree, whatever you're working on, and it would be if you are going there this coming fall. So whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, this coming fall, our Scouting and Scholarships event is in June. We're hoping to give away over 100 college scholarships. It's the last Saturday in
0: June. Now you're talking about who qualifies for the scholarships, but certainly anybody can come. So let's just say you're a high school FFA group, Bring the entire high school FFA. That's awesome. Let everybody get the get the feel, get some hands-on work You're in fields. You're gonna learn a lot. Yeah, working through uh, production plans for various crops and and everything that goes into that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And and yeah, the the uh, uh, kids going into that post-secondary education year uh, are gonna be eligible for the scholarships. Hey, thanks for the question, and hope to see you at the Scouting and Scholarships event coming up this summer. You can check out all the details at agphd.com. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more AgPHD Radio.